In The Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 3, we got Bo-Katan joining the Children of the Watch. This, of course, is a big moment, considering that she has been devoted to being a night owl for so many years, and she always scoffed at the Mandalorian's ways, that being Din Djarin. First having joined Pre Vizsla, she was a strong member of Death Watch, a warring faction of Mandalorians who became disillusioned with the ways of the new Mandalorians. They deemed them to be too pacifist. As we saw in previous Mandalorian seasons, and just in episode 1 of this third season, Bo-Katan really wasn't all for the Children of the Watch when Mando told her about his quest to venture into the living waters below the mines of Mandalore so he could be redeemed. She basically said it was a bunch of superstition nonsense and never respected these outdated ways of not removing one's helmet. So, if you remember at the end of episode 3, she was staring at the Mythosaur skull on the wall and the credits rolled. She didn't tell Din about the Mythosaur at the beginning of the episode, that it exists in the waters, asking him if he had seen anything. So we gotta ask ourselves what's going on here. My theory is that she is playing a game, a game of 4D chess, and she knows that she will have to build a relationship with Mandalorians in order to convert them to her cause. Once she rules Mandalore, either by way of Darksaber or taming the Mythosaur, donning a new age of Mandalorians, so the legend says. We have to really examine what Bo-Katan wants, and what she really wants is to be the ruler of Mandalore once again. Now, many Mandalorians blame her for the fall of Mandalore because she took the Darksaber without a trial by combat. If we remember in Star Wars Rebels, she took it from Sabine, willingly Sabine gave it to her, so that she may rule the people, and after this of course the Great Purge happened and Mandalore was destroyed. Mandalorians blamed her because she took it not in a rightful way, which is trial by combat therefore cursing the Mandalorians. However, legend says that if one is to tame a Mythosaur, which is long believed to be extinct, then a new dawn of Mandalorians will begin. And so this new age would be her age of uniting all Mandalorians under her way. One way. No more factions, no more warring tribes, keeping it to just one. Everyone can remove their helmet, everyone has one way of being, and that's that. I think this could possibly be how we see who the armor actually is. From the dawn of time, Mandalorians with their dominant and aggressive nature have waged civil war on themselves just as much if not more than the wars they waged on the rest of the galaxy. I believe Bo-Katan would do a very good job in rebuilding Mandalore once she either gets the Darksaber or rides a Mythosaur. I think she's a very good manipulator and opportunist where she would unite everyone under a common enemy, such as remnants of the Imperial forces or a new emerging threat such as Thrawn. This shared struggle could solidify her alliance and help bring the Mandalorians together. Once the Mandalorian factions are united, Bo-Katan would likely focus on rebuilding Mandalore both physically and culturally. This could involve restoring the planet's infrastructure, reintroducing long-lost traditions, and that being one tradition, whatever she chooses, and re-establishing Mandalore's place in the galaxy. The only concern that I would have if I were Bo trying to do all this would be the factions that don't support her leadership, because just like anything, not everyone is going to like you. Like Paz Vizsla, for example. He tried to fight Din Djarin for the Darksaber, and clearly he wants to rule Mandalore too. I mean, many do. 
Now, the relative to Pre Vizsla, and this is where it gets interesting, who was the leader of Death Watch, which Bo was also part of during the Clone Wars, ended up being disrespected by Bo when she eventually left his clan and deemed him to be too violent. Paz, being, you know, his relative, I think resents her for this betrayal. Even with a united Mandalore, Bo-Katan would likely face internal power struggles and challenges from other factions or individuals who might question her leadership. This could provide ongoing conflict and storylines in the show. I believe her affiliation with Ahsoka Tano could lead her to join her fight against Grand Admiral Thrawn. And with her Mandalorians on her side, especially her Night Owls, it would surely be a great battle that would have to be explored in the Ahsoka show and beyond. Before I digress too much and go too off path, I believe Bo-Katan is very intelligent and very battle savvy. And for sure is just playing a game, in my opinion, by faking her compliance with the Children of the Watch. She doesn't give a crap about them. She thinks they're an absolute joke. I think the Children of the Watch have so much honor in their old ways that they wouldn't dare fake their true intentions or lie about things to one another. But Bo-Katan, being a night owl, isn't so rigid like the others. She takes her helmet off and lets her hair blow in the wind, facing battle head on without a mask, whereas the Children of the Watch, led by the Armorer, believe in their old and elitist ways as being the only possible way a Mandalorian should live. And of course, with this kind of absolute way of thinking, you could imagine all the civil wars that would be the result of this. So going forwards, I think Bo-Katan is just going to play the game really well. She's going to befriend all the Mandalorians. She's going to befriend Din Djarin. And when things start to get rough or she finds a moment where she can turn them on Din, she will do so and she will possibly challenge him to a trial by combat. Either that or she will take them to Mandalore once she has tamed the Mythosaur Beast. As for now, she doesn't want anybody to know about it. She doesn't want anyone to know that the Mythosaur lives in the living waters under the mines on Mandalore. I think it's in her best interest to keep everyone in her reach and keep all of her enemies very close. Now, my other question is, where are the other night owls? Where's Koska Reeves? And the other guy, I think his name was Wolf or something like that. I think that she has something planned and I don't think that those closest to her really all ran off trying to play vigilante. I think there's much more to Bo-Katan than she's leading on. Her endgame is to rule Mandalore by either having the Darksaber or riding the Mythosaur. And I think what she wants to do here is to take the Mythosaur and tame it. Now, how she's going to do that will be really interesting to watch, as not many have done that. But it's kind of like the Jedi's prophecy of the Chosen One. Whoever rides the Mythosaur, which was thought to be extinct, will give rise to a new era of Mandalorians. And I think Bo-Katan will do just that. Let me know what you think about this theory. I don't think she's totally down for being a Children of the Watch, a Child of the Watch. I think she has ulterior motives, and she's just hiding them until the right time. As Kreese would say, brumation. I'll be reading your comments down below, and I'll see you in the next video on Star Wars Theory. Until then, my fellow Jedi and Sith friends, the Force will be with you, always. Anakin glared intensely at Palpatine, his eyes focused on the Dark Lord. A smile made its way across Palpatine's face, revealing his yellow, stained teeth. In an attempt to rush Palpatine, Anakin charged forward with his lightsaber at arm's length, pointed towards his enemy. In response, Palpatine raised his hand, summoning a flurry of force lightning, causing Anakin to move his saber in a defensive position, absorbing the lightning, and in the same moment, Palpatine used the force to draw his own lightsaber from inside his cloak, thrusting it towards Anakin. The two locked in a vicious duel as the lava and volcanoes erupted around them, barely able to hear their own lightsabers over the ferocious roars. As the fight progressed, Anakin found himself 
drawing on both the light and the dark sides of the force. Wavering between the two caused him to stall his attacks, which Palpatine took advantage of, as he noticed a flaw in Skywalker's defense. Exploiting it and quick enough to sever a vital component in Anakin's mechanical hand near the wrist, causing it to go limp and leaving Anakin with just his left hand to duel. This forced Skywalker to rely heavily on Obi-Wan's Sora Su form of combat, blocking every attack Palpatine threw at him. However, Palpatine was a master of all seven forms of lightsaber combat, easily reverting to the form to Makashi. He used it against Skywalker just as Dooku used it against Kenobi. Moments later, the two of their blades were locked as were their eyes, but while Palpatine's gaze only displayed rage, pride, and a little pleasure, Anakin's were filled with fear and hatred. He had never battled someone so powerful in his life. The speed, anger, the power that he was dealing with was uncomprehensible and something that he just couldn't be ready for. Slowly tiring out, Palpatine looked at him and said, You have much to learn, Lord Vader. It's a shame you will now die. With a twist of his wrist, Palpatine's saber cut deep into Anakin's right leg, causing him to drop his saber and fall on his back. Laughing with excitement, Palpatine was ready to destroy the Jedi's so-called Chosen One. His eyes fixed on Anakin's head as he opened his thin crevice of a mouth.